Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. And that's part of saving the world, brothers and sisters. The strength of America, the greatness of America is essential to peace in the world. And we're seeing the results now of what happens when you elect Democrats. Uh, the world falls apart. Listen, this is no exaggeration. Elect Democrats in America, the world falls apart. We've got to get the world back together. We want to pray for peace in Israel. I want to say a word about what peace is after we read a couple of Psalms, say a prayer. And then I want to share with you an interview. You may have seen it, but you may have missed it, uh, with the Prime uh, Minister of Israel and uh, really great interview, a little clip that's uh, it's long, but it's it's worth watching because I think this is a time when a lot of people are getting educated or perhaps re-educated in some of the history of Israel, the modern history of Israel. Of course, you talk about the history of Israel, you're going back to this book, the Bible. And in that sense, we are all spiritually the Jewish people. It's in our spiritual DNA. And, and uh, we believe that everything that was given to them, the law and the prophets and the, uh, and the covenant and the temple and everything, it, it is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But it's the same foundation. It's the same heritage, the same history, the same God of the covenant. And uh, we believe he revealed himself in Christ Jesus. But brothers and sisters, what's going on over there and what's going on here in America on college campuses and, and other cities and, and, and countries of the world where there are various demonstrations, you know, about freeing Palestine. These people don't even know what they're talking about. They know no history. You know, who, by, by the way, so what's, so who's the ruler, who's the president of Palestine? What's the, what's the history of that? Uh, is it a country? Is it, what's their, what's their history? What's their, uh, uh, heritage to the world? It's, it's not, it's not, there is no such thing. And uh, this is, uh, you know, they say, oh, to the, from the river to the sea. They even know what they're talking about when they use that phrase. They know what the river is and what the sea is and what's in between. What's in between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea is Israel. So for Palestine to be free from the river to the sea means the eradication of the state of Israel. And this is just there's so much ignorance that it is truly, uh, it's remarkable. In, in, in every sense of the word, remarkable, the ignorance that is fueling so much of the division going on, the protesting going on. You know, if we really want peace, we're going to have to build it on justice. There can be no peace without justice. If you want peace, work for justice. And that is the foundation of peace that is often ignored in the ignorant rantings of so many people. Well, let's go to the Word of God to set the tone here, because we do need to pray for a peace based on justice, based on 
a, 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 a proper understanding of who's in the right here and who's in the wrong. You know, sometimes people even say, oh, well, you, you, you can't take sides or you don't take sides. We take sides. We stand with Israel. We take sides because they're the ones who are doing the right thing here and the terrorists are doing the wrong thing. And there's a lot of peace-loving people there. We want to pray for all of them, the peace-loving people. As far as the terrorists go, we want, to, we want them stopped. And uh, the Psalms, of course, echo the very same sentiment. Let's go to the Word of God. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. It was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There, thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, I will ask for your good. Psalm 123. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant into the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he show us his mercy. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Let us pray. Father, we do pray for a just peace. We pray, first of all, Lord, for understanding of the problem, that there are some who simply do not want Israel to exist. And this has been true throughout history. We pray for an understanding of the problem, that Israel has offered land to their neighbors and they have been greeted only with rejection and terrorist attacks, even when they have done everything conceivable to allow the peaceful coexistence of different peoples. But no, there are those who hate and there are those who want the elimination, O oh God, of your people. And so let us first start with understanding. Let us then continue with a seeking after justice. Let us continue then based on justice, to seek a lasting peace. Enable us, Lord God, to educate one another. Enable us to have hearts and ears that listen and minds that are willing to be informed. And send your spirit, Lord God, of conversion to burn out hatred from people's minds, to burn out terrorism from their hearts. Bless your people with lasting peace which is found only in one person, and his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And in that name we pray, amen. All right, let me just share with you this interview. I thought it was very good, very educational. And then we'll go back to the Psalms. I think the, <clears throat> excuse me, the best thing here is to, is to watch this, get some clear ideas about what's going on, and then just take it back into prayer. Again, using the Psalms and continuing to invoke Christ and His Holy Spirit. Let's watch. Nice to see you, sir. 
Well, it's good to be with you. Uh, these are trying times, and I appreciate the fact that you uh, took the time to come here. Because we need to have Israel's story and the story of truth come out to the world. You know, when I last saw you in July, when I was here, um, I thought that sometime I'd be coming back soon and talking about the Abraham Accords. I never dreamed that it would be this. It's connected. Because we can achieve the expansion of the Abraham Accords, the historic uh, peace arrangement, peace deals that Israel made with four Arab countries. We want to expand it to Saudi Arabia and beyond. But we're facing here the axis of terror of Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, and the forces of civilization and modernity are facing the forces of barbarism and medievalism. And the question is, who wins? Uh, I think this, this test will decide if we can expand the Abraham Accords to greater heights, and I'm confident that we will win and do exactly that. I don't understand why Hamas is agreeing to a pause. I don't see if there's anything in it for them. They release 50 hostages for 150 Palestinians, but even after that's over and even after all the hostages return, you're going to eliminate them. So wh why would they agree to this? Because they're under tremendous pressure. I mean, we, we got this, uh, uh, this pause to get our hostages out because Hamas has been facing this tremendous military pressure by the Israeli army. Uh, and also political pressure. And I'm very grateful to uh, President Biden, who uh, responded to my request to put uh, additional pressure through the Qataris on Hamas. So we actually increase the number of hostages that are coming out, uh, reduce the number of days of the ceasefire. That's important. They're under the gun, literally. That's why they stopped, if they think, though, uh, to release hostages. But that's not going to stop us. We're going to continue after this lull until we uh, get all our hostages out, and we're going to destroy Hamas. What were they thinking, though? I mean, when they first went in on October 7th, and that's the most brutal slaughter imaginable, and I've been down to the kibbutz and talked to people and been following this, what were they thinking? Because, they, I mean, they must have known that you were going to respond this way. They must have known that. And, they, and, and it wasn't, I mean, it, it isn't even an even match. This is a crazy uh, theological cult. You know, they're like a cult of uh, murder. Uh, they glorify death. They came in and murdered children in front of their parents and parents in front of their children. They decapitated women, burnt babies alive, uh, shot uh, at youngsters in a music festival. They, they just perpetrated the worst savagery on the Jewish people since the Holocaust. So they're a cult of death. And this cult uh, thinks that they'll destroy the state of Israel, uh, conquer the Middle East, proceed to Europe, and then proceed to you. They often say, you know, they say that we are you and you are us. There's no difference. You're the great Satan, we're the small Satan, but there's no difference. And you know what, Greta, on this, they're right. In this deepest sense of the word, they're right. They are barbarism and we're civilization. And we're fighting a common war. We're fighting your war. Our victory will be your victory. Because if this savagery is allowed to exist and to triumph, it'll spread to the entire world. They glorify in 9-11. They glorify when Americans are murdered. They, they celebrate it. They give out candies. They see this as part of this larger battle for the future. And where's the future going? To a future of hope, of freedom, or to a future of darkness and enslavement and death? This is, this is the war that every American should support. And just imagine what would happen. We, ha we suffered proportionally 29 11s. 
plenty. It's like 50,000 Americans slaughtered in one day, 10,000 Americans held hostage, including, including a 10-month-old baby. A baby hasn't even walked, hasn't started to talk. He's held hostage. What kind of people hold a 10-month-old baby hostage? Monsters. We have to destroy this monstrosity for our common future. Well, will that include, because I know the Qataris helped uh, negotiate this pause, and one of the leaders of Hamas, Haniyeh, who celebrated October 7th, and we, I've seen video of him celebrating, does this include you're going to eliminate him? As far as we're concerned, any Hamas operative, any Hamas chief uh, doesn't deserve to walk on the face of the earth. In terms of the hostages, um, are, are you certain that, I mean, Hamas is now saying, or at least I've read, that they may only have 50 or something, and somebody else may have, have the other ones. I mean, do they have all 250, give or take a few? We are working to get all our hostages out. Uh, we think that there is a possibility of getting more than 50 uh, on, this, uh, uh, on this effort, but uh, I don't want to give out more information. We said that if they bring more, they'll receive additional days of uh, a lull. But I want to make sure that everybody understands we're committed to fighting this war to the end because Hamas has said officially that they'll do it again and again and again. What's in their charter? I mean, their charter says, the Hamas charter is, you know, it killed Jews, killed, destroy Israel, and not to negotiate. I mean, that's, that's what their why charter this, says. So that's why, you know, we don't have an option. We're not negotiating with a, a negotiator. Well, they're not, they have no intention of doing that. Well, they have every intention of destroying us, and they have every intention of being part of the Iranian axis that is out to get us and out to get you and out to enslave the entire Middle East. Uh, these people have to be defeated, so we will defeat them. But in the, in the process, if we can get our hostages out as we're uh, trying now, then, of course, we'll do that. Iran is the, it funds a lot of this, whether it's Hezbollah in the north or whether it's uh, Hamas or any other um, militants and terrorists. Um, what, did the unfreezing of those sanctions have any impact on it? Did this in any way fund it or contribute it? I mean, is, you know, looking at the U.S. policy vis-a-vis -vis Iran. Well, look, I think you know my views on Iran. You know that I think that any money goes to, that goes to Iran uh, is not a good idea. In fact, they use it for other purposes. But I would say that uh, it's a common interest, American uh, interest, Israeli interest, the interest of the free world, the interest of the moderate Arab states to roll back this Iranian axis. And that begins in Gaza. It begins with their uh, enclave, this uh, caliphate that they built there. It has to be destroyed. And when we achieve that victory, that's a victory of the forces of uh, peace, uh, the forces that are united, the forces of civilization against the forces of barbarism. It's part of that larger battle. And we have to win that battle. As a young man, you went to school in the United States. Um, we're seeing across, this uh, across the U.S. examples of anti-Semitism uh, where Jewish students feel unsafe. Um, what, what, what provokes this, do you think? You know, it's an ancient disease, anti-Semitism. It's one of the oldest hatreds in the world. Uh, and uh, the anti-Semites are always wrong. They think they can target the Jews, and they don't even understand that they target themselves. Because once you light this fire of hatred against the Jews, as happened in World War II, before World War II, you know, the Nazis began this anti-Jewish campaign, and the world sat by and they said, oh, well, it's only directed against the Jews. My father was 23 years old when Hitler came to power in 1933. And he said, this fire will consume all of humanity. 
And we have to convince the civilized world that it's their future that is at stake, that if you don't stake a burn, take out this anti-Semitic fire, it will consume tens of millions of people. He was right. People didn't heed it at the time, but they eventually got the point. That's the same point we have today. You know, when people are supporting these anti-Semitic chants, basically calling for the for genocide, calling for the destruction of Israel, and thinking that these monsters will leave them alone, they're wrong. Uh, just as we had to destroy the Nazis, we had to destroy Al-Qaeda, we had to destroy Daesh, otherwise the hatred spreads everywhere, we have to destroy Hamas, ISIS, and we have to win this war for everyone's sake. So uh, those who support anti-Semitism learn nothing from history. And they're siding with evil, pure evil, that will consume them too. Well, the um, American, I think the American people, overwhelming majority, uh, support Israel. I mean, and when you look at Congress, there are, you know, one or two that uh, are a problem. You've got former President Trump, um, who was a strong supporter. President Biden has been a strong supporter. So, you know, the U.S., you know, uh, recognizes, you know, the importance to Israel and is with Israel in this. I think so, and I think, I don't think so, I see that. I see that the American people overwhelmingly support Israel because they recognize the fact that we're part and parcel of that same civilizational fight. And yes, we enjoy broad bipartisan support. Uh, I appreciate President Biden's standing up for Israel and the help that he gave us with the hostages. I appreciate the fact that President Trump was a great friend of Israel, recognized Jerusalem, moved the embassy there, recognized our sovereignty in the Golan Heights, helped uh, bring about the historic Abraham Accords, and is supporting Israel now. This bipartisan support, Democrats, Republicans, independents, overwhelmingly for Israel, is a very, very important source of our strength. Uh, it helps us uh, when people understand that we're fighting your battle, not only our battle. We're going to destroy Hamas to assure our future, but in so doing, we're assuring our common future. Arab countries are responding in what way? I think there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, because there's a lot of misinformation, disinformation that is going there. But I think most of the Arab governments understand exactly what I said now, that if uh, Hamas wins the day, their days are numbered. And is there any doubt in your mind that you're going to eliminate Hamas? Is there anything that's going to, any negotiation, any ceasefire or any resolution or anything that's going to stop you? Nothing will stop us. And I think that the important thing is that People understand that when we say that, we're, uh, we're uh, assuring something that you would do in the, exactly the same circumstances. I mean, what would you do if you had 29-11s? What would you do if tens of thousands of Americans were killed? Uh, in fact, we know what happened. We can see what you did under uh, similar circumstances, even lesser circumstances. Hitler invades Europe. America and its allies go through... Uh, uh, invade Normandy. Uh, they fight the Germans who are entrenched in the cities. Unfortunately, civilians are killed. But they don't stop. They don't stop. Now imagine how history would have been if you'd had uh, people in the West, in America, in Washington, demonstrating on behalf of the Nazis and saying it's terrible what's happening because civilians are killed because the Nazis are placing themselves, uh, the, the war machine is placing itself in cities. Now, of course, that didn't happen. But that's what's happening in a fraction of the American people, a small fraction. And they're siding up with evil, with sheer evil. I, I think it's a failure of the American uh, higher education system in some quarters. But I'm glad to see that it doesn't infect the broad majority of the American people. They understand what the German chancellor who visited Israel said. These are the new Nazis. And just as we had to unite to defeat the 
the original Nazis. What, just as we had to unite to defeat ISIS, to defeat Al-Qaeda, we have to unite to defeat Hamas. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you, sir. Thank you. And good luck, sir. Thank you. I wanted you to see that. I, I, I can't, can't imagine a better interview that summarizes this situation, summarizes what we need to know, that this is our battle. This is a war for freedom. What is, of course we take sides. We can't pretend, oh, we're above the fray. We're not above the fray. Because the enemies of Israel are our enemies. And the violence that they are executing against Israel, they are aiming towards us as well. Pure and simple. So I want to pray for Prime Minister Netanyahu. I love the way he speaks. So clear, so direct, and so resolute. And, and, and that's, you know, not a, not a wasted word. You notice, did you see in that interview? You know exactly what he said, exactly what he meant. And this is what we need in our leadership around the world. Clear thinking, resolute decision-making, and a straightforward way of explaining it and calling people to focus in on what's important. You take away one thing from that whole interview, and it's that this is our battle. Their victory, their Israel's victory is our victory. You don't straddle the fence. You don't pretend that you're above the fray. These enemies are uh, hate freedom. They hate human life. They hate America as much as they hate Israel. So let's go back to the Psalms. All I wanted to do really tonight was I wanted to show you that interview. I want to encourage you, watch it again and again and again. Share it again and again and again because it's so crystal clear and so important that we get those concepts straight. And, and you notice other, the other thing that came through in there, what President Trump did during his presidency, no greater friend of Israel, no more historic accomplishments for peace in the Middle East, historic accomplishments for the destruction of, of terrorists. And that, my friends, is what President Trump means by making America great again. You make America great when you recognize the, that the threats against America include the threats against Israel. It's one and the same threat. And you respond accordingly. We need President Trump back in the White House. He knows the terrain already. It's not going to be somebody that we think might be able to do a good job. He knows the terrain already. He did a good job already. Let's get him back there to finish the job. Psalm 124. Let's pr pray with me. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then would the flood have swept us away, the torrent would have gone over us, over our heads would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us a prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. In Psalm 125, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest over the land allotted to the righteous. 
lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright of heart, but to those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. We pray now as Jesus taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All that needs to be said tonight, please share and spread what you just saw. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Priests for Life, saving lives for over 30 years. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.